coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at Alumni Hall. Time is running out for you to buy your dad the perfect Father's Day gift at Alumni Hall, but fortunately for you guys, time might be running out. But it hasn't run out yet. So there's still some time today. Stop in in store inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center if you're around Athens. If not, no big deal. Just go to alumnihall.com and they will ship that out to you. Two-day shipping really quick. They will get that out to you so you can give it to dad on Sunday for Father's Day and be the best son ever. So do yourself a solid, do dad a solid, and shop at Alumni Hall today. But all right, guys, I am your host, Tyler. And I am back today with some instant reactions to the release of Georgia's 2024 football schedule. And look, guys, I'll say at the top here, I know, I promise you, part two of our recruiting mailbag was coming today. I promise you that. I know that. But let me just be honest with you here. On Monday night, when I recorded that episode, I was working on about, I don't know, three to four hours of sleep, something like that. It was late at night. It was too late. It was almost midnight by the time I got done recording that show. I was dead tired. The only reason I was not in bed, passed out yet, was for you guys. I was trying to get that episode out to you. I feel this sense of responsibility to never let you guys down, to make sure you guys get that Georgia football fix each and every week. So I didn't want to let you down. I was tired, barely awake. It was late. Someone might or might not have drugged me. At least that's kind of how I felt that night. I was like completely out of it. So I was not of sound mind. Clearly, if you caught me talking about us flipping a former five-time NBA All-Star from Florida over the weekend. Yes, um, I'm sure almost all of you caught that. But I just want to make it clear out there. I want to make sure you're all aware that yes, I, I know, I am aware that the running back that we flipped from Florida over the weekend is Chauncey Bowens, emphatically not former NBA champion and current Portland Trailblazer head coach Chauncey Billups. Just uh, just ridiculous, man. That is an all-time, like as, as I said on Twitter, an all-time Old Man Rivers moment. I still cannot believe that I did not catch myself after saying it like, I don't know, 10 times or so on the show Monday night. Like when I listened back to it, Charlie caught it for me. She she does our uh, quality control because she can do that from wherever she is on earth gallivanting around the world. And normally she would catch that kind of thing, but she is not an NBA fan. She doesn't care about NBA basketball. So she had she has no clue who Chauncey Billups is. So she didn't catch that. I didn't catch it right because I was dead tired. So someone on Twitter hit me up and was like, hey man, it's not Chauncey Billups. And I looked at it and I was like, did I say something about Chauncey Billups? Did I call Chauncey Bowens Chauncey Billups? And so I pulled it up on Apple Pods and uh, listened to it, fast forward to that part, and uh, yeah, uh, sure enough, I did. And I didn't do it just one time, not twice, not thrice, um, quite a few times. And I, um, I'm just baffled that I didn't catch myself. Like, it's one thing to, to like, have a slip of the tongue, like, once. Like, when you make a mistake one time, you call Chauncey Bowen and Chauncey Billups, like, you can call that a slip of, a slip of the tongue. But when it's, like, 10, 11 times like I did... It is no longer a slip of the tongue. You've just lost your mind. And uh, that's what happened on Monday night. But that just proves how exhausted I was that night, long story short. So when I said on Monday night that part two of the mailbag was coming today, at the time I thought it was, but that's because my brain wasn't working properly. It was not working at its optimal level or really anywhere remotely close to it. Uh, and the reality is I just forgot, man. I just forgot because my brain wasn't working. I forgot that we were going to be doing this 2024 schedule instant reaction episode tonight. And uh, yeah, so that's why I said it was come today. So I apologize for that. I apologize for being a grade A moron. But we will. We will get to those questions next week. You just got just to gotta wait a couple days. We'll get to them, I promise. And hey, it's cool. We're going we're gonna to get another commitment tomorrow. If you guys haven't seen... 
Linebacker Joseph Phillips is going to go public with his commitment tomorrow, and uh, I'm about 99.9999% sure that he is going to be a Georgia Bulldog, and then we can stop talking about Sammy Brown because I think that Phillips is, if not the equal, potentially better than Sammy Brown. And I know everyone's going to say, dude, that's crazy. It's just sour grapes. We lost Sammy Brown. Move on. Don't don't bash the kid. I'm not bashing the kid. I love Sammy Brown. Phillips is a different level of explosiveness, in my opinion. Now, he plays more of like an edge rusher position than inside linebacker at the high school level, but I love his potential, and I think he's going to be a big-time player. Both are going to be big-time players. Phillips and Sammy Brown will be big-time players, but uh, I'm I'm totally cool getting Phillips. I think he's a guy that's going to move up the rankings. He's still a, a, a really high four-star right now, but he'll move up even more. But we'll talk more about him next week along with all those other recruiting questions. But today... We've got a 2024 schedule to react to. I have been waiting very, very impatiently for the past two weeks once they announced that eight-game conference schedule, and they said that tonight would be the night that they were going to announce our opponents and where we were going to be playing them. I live for that kind of thing. I love that kind of thing, guys. Like I'm I'm the weirdo who gets like crazy, irrationally excited about that kind of stuff because I live this stuff. I love it. It's what I'm all about. And finding out who we're playing and where we're going to play them, that uh, that gets me very, very excited. So needless to say, I've been waiting on this for a couple of weeks and it seemed like a couple of months because when you, you guys know how this works, when you're looking forward to something, it seems like it's really far away, even though it's really not that far away. But the schedule has been released, and I know all of you listening to this podcast are diehard fans. You wouldn't be listening if you were not. So diehard fans, as you all are, you know the schedule. I'm not telling you anything you do not know, but let me just go ahead and read it to you here just to keep it fresh in our minds. So the Georgia Bulldogs will be hosting Auburn, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. We will be playing Florida in Jacksonville. The even number years are the years in which we have to count the Florida game in Jacksonville as a home game, so we get screwed. That's that's the reality, guys. We get screwed every other year having to count Florida as a home game. And a lot, a lot of people complain about these these lackluster home schedules that we have. A big culprit in that is the game in Jacksonville. Now, I've been very open saying that I am a big tradition guy, and I think we're losing a lot of traditions, and I would prefer to keep the game in Jacksonville. I haven't necessarily always felt that way, but I've certainly kind of evolved my thinking there. Uh, I don't feel as strongly about it as some people do, as a lot of people do, but I do feel like that game would stay in Jacksonville. That's where I would prefer for it to stay. But one of the trade-offs with having that game in Jacksonville and preserving that tradition is that our home schedule every other year is usually kind of garbage, especially when we decide to play another neutral site game to open the season against Clemson. I have no problem with one neutral site game in Jacksonville. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with one neutral site game on our schedule every year, wherever that may be. If we choose to have it in Jacksonville, that's fine. If we have this game in Jacksonville, if we're going to keep it there, which like right now it looks like we're going to, and again, that's why I, that would be my preference, I do not ever want to see us play any other neutral site games. I really do not because that screws the season ticket holder. It screws fans that want to come see good home games. Year after year, it seems like we're always complaining about this lackluster home schedule. Part of that was the fact that we played in the ICC East and we didn't have as many of these like premier programs uh, as you would see in the ICC West, like LSU, Alabama. We play Auburn every, every year, obviously, but we don't get to see a lot of those teams that are in like A&M, for instance, as well. We only played them one time since 2012 when they've come into the league and still will not be playing them on the road in College Station next year, which is crazy. We'll get that in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, I have no use for the like these seasons where we have two neutral side games. College football was made to be played at home sites on campus. That is the fabric of college football, the passion of the home sites of these campuses, of these stadiums, these cathedrals that we have across the country in all these college towns. Again, I'm fine with one neutral side game, but having more than that, and especially when it cuts into what our home schedule is going to look like, like in 2024, we're going to have Auburn, okay, solid game, but they're still like they're still on their way back. It's not going to be a it's not like a premier program right now. Mississippi State Definitely not. Tennessee, now that's an intriguing game. That was the biggest game of the season last year, the regular season for us, and maybe even in the entire country, or maybe you want to say Tennessee-Alabama, but it was a huge game. But then you got Clemson at a neutral site in Atlanta, which I, you can say, oh yeah, it's in Georgia. It's not in Athens. Like Atlanta does nothing for me. You guys know, you've listened to this podcast for a while. I hate those games, Atlanta. Atlanta, like it's fine. It, it's it's convenient. It's nice to be able to have this major airport and we get a lot of events, the SEC Championship and all that kind of thing, but play, especially playing regular season college games. I can deal with the Peach Bowl and even the SEC title game in Atlanta, but a regular season game in Atlanta, 
I have absolutely no use for. It doesn't even really feel like a college football game, especially when you kick off the season, when you've been waiting so long for college football to get back. And it's great that it's back, but when you kick it off in Atlanta, it just, it doesn't feel the same, man. And maybe I'm, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the weirdo and that's fine. I, I can own that, but that's just how I feel about it. So I don't love that. But when we have Florida as a home game, Every other year, it really, really puts a damper on these home schedules. So if you guys are are upset about that, it's just part of the deal when you decide to play in Jacksonville and you want to play more neutral side games. So it is what it is. But next year, we have Auburn at home, we have Tennessee at home, and we have Mississippi State at home along with Tennessee Tech. And I said earlier we played Tennessee Tech this year is a home game, but no, it's it's next year. I just got it kind of mixed up there because, oh, I don't know. I've been staring at the screen for 10 plus hours trying to predict all SC, all 16 SEC schedules for 2024. So yeah, in addition to playing Auburn and Mississippi State and Tennessee at home, we play Tennessee Tech, we play UMass, and then we play Georgia Tech at home. So that is our 2024 home schedule. Um, yeah, not much to talk about there. Not great. But the road schedule, let's go, man. We got at Alabama, at Ole Miss, at Kentucky, and at Texas. And here was my initial reaction, guys. So we know that earlier today, before the primetime schedule reveal show on the SEC Network tonight, we know earlier today, things started to leak out, right? I was at the gym this morning at like 7 o'clock, 7.15 or something, and I got a text from one of my buddies. He's like, dude, we're going to play Texas. And I was like, huh? What? Because I didn't see that coming because... All of you who saw my schedule prediction and listened to the episode last week where I went into detail laying out my reasons and explanations for each of my predictions, you know that, um, yeah, I didn't exactly nail it. I, I wasn't completely off base, but I definitely didn't nail it either. I got four of the eight. I, pre- I accurately predicted four of the eight SEC games, and that's what I, I said on social media. It's like, I know that I'm not going to get them all right. I'll be happy if I get 50% or more. And hey, I hit right at 50%, so I'll take it. But once things started to leak, and then eventually once I saw the entire schedule when it was released on the SEC Network, my initial reaction was excitement. I'm freaking pumped, guys. I am pumped up. I've been pumped all day. Like Once I saw that we were playing at Texas, I was fired up, man. I did not get that prediction correct. I thought it would be Oklahoma. I'll explain why again momentarily, but uh, I was wrong. But I'm actually very excited that we are going to be playing at Texas as opposed to at Oklahoma like I predicted because, I mean, let's just be real, guys. Austin, Texas is a vastly superior town to Norman, Oklahoma. Now, I guess I can't say that with any sort of authority because I've only been to one of those towns. I have been to Austin. I have not, however, been to Norman, but based off everything that I have ever heard from anyone who has ever been to Norman, Austin is just a better town. It's just a better town. So I'm very excited about that. I, I've been to Austin before. It's a, it's, a, it's a good town. I really do like Austin. I don't love it as a college town because it's not really a college town. Maybe it was once upon a time, but since I've been there, it's it's grown. It, it keeps growing and growing. It is truly like a American metropolis now. Like that that's what it is. I mean, it's not like a, a New York City or LA or even Chicago yet, but I mean it's it's it is a American metropolis. It just happens to have a college in the town. But it's still a really fun town. You got Rainy Street, you got Sixth Street, lot to do there. And I've always wanted to actually take in a game there. And I'm not gonna go to a game unless it's Georgia, because I'm going to every Georgia game every weekend. So I've wanted us to play there for a long time. It's always been very high on my list. That's one of the reasons I was very excited back what two three two years ago, I guess it was, when um it was announced the bombshell was dropped that Texas and Oklahoma would be joining the SEC. I was I was very excited to make that happen as soon as possible because I wanted to get to Austin for a game, a Georgia Texas game as soon as possible. And lo and behold, here it is. The first year that the Longhorns join the league, we are going to Austin, and I am very, very excited about that. And I'm excited about playing Alabama, guys. And I know a lot of, I think a lot of people are upset about going to Tuscaloosa. It's not the fact that we're playing Alabama. Because, like, I think most Georgia fans that I know and the people I interact with on social media and just even the people I don't interact with, just kind of reading things on social media, I feel like most Georgia fans out there are kind of of the mind at this point after back-to-back national titles and just knowing where we are in a Kirby Smart and how we continue to recruit. We aren't scared of anybody. I know that I'm not. Speaking for myself, I'm not. And the people that I know, they aren't either. And I don't think most of you are. This is not like 2014 Georgia anymore. We're at the point where teams are thinking, oh my God, we have to play Georgia. I don't get intimidated by other teams. I just don't. 
If you remember last year, Tennessee fans wanted us just to be shaking at our knees when they came to town last year. They thought we should just be cowering in the corner. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, bring it, man. Bring it. That's just how I feel at this point. I mean, how could you not, honestly, with what Kirby has done with this program? And that's not me trying to be arrogant. Really, it's not. I'm just trying to be honest. That's how I feel. Bring it. Let's go. And you guys know I've been very, very open and honest about this for a while, for years. I want more compelling games. That's why I've kind of gone back and forth on the eight versus nine game schedule. Initially, I was really in favor of a nine game conference schedule because I thought it would mean more compelling games, like more good games. And that's what I want. I think that's what fans deserve. We don't deserve to sit here and watch Georgia play Tennessee Tech next year. That's not what we deserve. That is a waste of our time. And I'm not going to go on, you know, on a tangent again about this. Like we, I understand, yes, why we play those games and those teams need money, whatever. We don't need to watch those games. I want to see Georgia play at Texas. I want to see Georgia play Alabama. I want to see Georgia play Oklahoma. I want to see Georgia play LSU. I want to see Georgia play these premier programs year in and year out. And we're getting that this year. I'm excited about it, man. I, I If we go to nine games, it's even more good games. Now, it kind of limits what you can do from a non-conference standpoint. That's kind of why I've, I've kind of evolved my thing in there to a degree. I think I want to stay at eight. Because if you look at these schedules, guys, really look at these schedules. They are unbelievable. I don't care who you are. Even the weakest schedule out there for 2024 is still a hell of a schedule because there are a ton of good teams. I mean, think about the teams you got in the SEC now, guys. You got Alabama, you got Georgia, two of the top three programs in the country right now, right? Then you've got LSU, who's right there. I mean, they're moving on up. I mean, they played in the SEC game last year. They won the West. You've got Florida, who who has been a power, you know, relatively recently. They've fallen on hard times. Auburn, same thing, fallen on hard times. You know, they've had some really high moments, some high highs here over the past decade or so. Texas hasn't been back for a while, but it's still a power program that recruits extraordinarily well. They have a ton of talent on that team. Tennessee is on the come up. They were a top five team last year. Oklahoma has been one of the premier programs over the last decade plus, I mean, like really 15, 20 years or so, going back to when they won that national championship under Bob Stoops. I know A&M had a really rough year last year, but that is a very, very talented program. It wasn't that long ago, guys, that they were right there in the thick of the national title conversation, at least the playoff conversation in 2020. I know it's a COVID year, so you take that with a grain of salt, but they, they were good, and they have really good players. I think they'll bounce back this year. So there are a bunch of really, really, really good teams. I mean, you look at the most talented teams in the country. If you look at the, uh, the blue chip ratio that 247 Sports puts out, if you look at the number of teams that are in the SEC, five of the top 10 most talented teams in the country, so exactly half of them are in the SEC, and seven of the top 16 most talented teams in the country are from the SEC. At least the new SEC once 2024 hits and we have this conference expansion. There's no other team in the entire country that has more than four. The Big Ten has four total in top 16. At least they will if you include USC, which moves in in 2024. But the Big Ten only has one team in in the top 10 of the blue chip ratio. So while the SEC has been getting bashed from all corners over the past month or so over this eight-game schedule and not going to nine games like every other conference has done, but when you look at these schedules, even though it's one fewer conference game, these SEC schedules, almost every single one of them, is more difficult than just about any Big Ten schedule out there for 2024. So last week, the Big Ten did their, their schedule release and look at Ohio State's schedule, guys. Look at Ohio State's schedule next year. They're playing Southern Miss at home, Western Michigan, Marshall, all at home. That's their non-commerce, okay? Southern Miss, Western Michigan, Marshall. They're at Michigan State, at Minnesota, at Penn State, at UCLA. They've got Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, Rutgers at home. So Michigan at home, tough game. At Penn State, that's probably going to be a tough game. At UCLA, eh, whatever. I mean, it's across the country. UCLA, they're fine, whatever. They have two games that I think they could potentially lose on that schedule. That they, they could even possibly lose on that schedule. That is no better than our 2023 schedule, if you want to be honest. And then let's look at Michigan's 2024 schedule. And I'll give them credit. They're playing Texas in the non-cons. They got Texas at home in the big house. They got Fresno State, Arkansas State to round up their non-con schedule. Then they're at Illinois. They are at Ohio State, at Rutgers, at USC. They host Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, UCLA. Same thing, man. There's all right, and, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, that, they host Wisconsin. I guess they could lose that game. But but nine conference games or not, that's not any more daunting of a schedule as, as what even we have next year. Or certainly Alabama. Alabama got 
hammered with their schedule, guys. We'll get to that a little bit more in some of these takeaways from some of these other teams and their schedules that I've got for you guys. But they got hammered. Bama did. But these Big Ten schedules, even they got an extra conference game, they're not any more daunting than these eight-game SEC schedules because the Big Ten is not as deep with really good football teams, really good, talented football teams that could be anybody on any given Saturday. They don't have as many of those teams. You basically have Ohio State, you got Michigan, maybe you throw Penn State in there, and you got USC right now. You got four teams right now. You look at the SEC, you got Georgia, you got Alabama, you got A&M. I know that they weren't great last year, again, but talent-wise, they are top five in the country. You got LSU, you got Texas, you got Oklahoma when they're right. Florida, when they're right, they're not right right now, but eventually they'll probably get it right again. And you got Auburn. Again, they haven't been right for a couple of years, but when they get it right, Auburn is a good program. There's not many teams you can say that about in the Big Ten. So like Wisconsin, I guess, is a team that you can say that about. Like when they're right, they're a really good program. Even when they were right, they really weren't even remotely close to being like consistently contending to beat teams like Ohio State and Michigan when they were at their height. They just really, they would get to the Big Ten title game. They would never even really compete to win that game. They really just weren't a, a Big Ten title contender. So I guess you could say that about Wisconsin, maybe Michigan State, like, you know, was it two years ago? They they were good. That was a good program. But I would say Michigan State over the past 10 years has been down far more than they have been up. And even when they are up, I don't know if they're good enough to like consistently compete with the top teams in the, in the Big Ten. So there's just not as many teams you can say that about in the Big Ten right now as there are about the SEC. So I'm kind of cool with the eight-game schedule if it's going to mean schedules like we're seeing right now. I'd also be cool with a nine-game. Like I don't feel that strongly about it either way. I'd be cool with a nine-game schedule because it just means more good games. Only about the nine-game schedules, it kind of re- limits what you can do with the non-con, at least to some sort of a degree. But I'm excited, guys. And back to Alabama real quick. I know that we played there in 2020, and that was cool and all. I went to that game during during COVID and the pandemic, but it wasn't the same, guys. The last time that we had played at Alabama before 2020 was 2007. It was my senior year of college. I... Did not get to go to that game, and it sucks. I wish I would have gotten to go. I remember watching that game in Athens, and obviously that was game Matthew Stafford, Mikey Henderson, the fade route in overtime, wins a game, walk-off touchdown pass, incredible game. That was the last time that we played in Tuscaloosa prior to 2020. So I have never had a chance to go to a Georgia-Alabama game in Tuscaloosa when it was like full go, when it was a full environment, full tailgating scene, all of that. I haven't gotten to experience that. So I'm very excited about that. I know it's a selfish way to look at it because I know not everyone goes to these games and I get that it's tougher, obviously, to play Alabama in Tuscaloosa than it would be to play them in Athens. I understand that. And I do get there are a lot of Georgia fans that are upset that we're playing at Alabama and not in Athens because they have not played in Athens since 2015. I think that's what people are upset about. It's not the fact that we're playing Alabama. It's not that they're scared of Alabama, that we want to avoid them. Like We know with 16 teams, we're going to play Alabama on a more regular basis, and I'm all for that. I do think there's some frustration in the fan base about having to go there for the second time in four years when the Tide haven't played in Athens since 2015. But honestly, guys, at this point, as far as I'm concerned, whatever. They're going to come here in 2026. We've got to wait a couple more years, but it's going to happen, and it's going to happen on a far more regular basis. All right, guys, let's move on here. So one thing I wanted to touch on real quick here is what surprised me about our schedule. You guys know, again, I put out my my predicted schedule and who I thought we were going to play, and not just who I thought we were going to play, but when we were going to play them. I tried to go the extra mile for you guys. And um, yeah, again, didn't quite nail it. Didn't bomb either, but I hit on half of them. I'll take it. But there were a couple of things that really surprised me. In fact, the two games outside of Auburn and Florida, I knew we were going to play Auburn. I knew we were going to play Florida. That was a given. But the two games outside of Auburn and Florida that I was most confident in when it came to my predictions was playing at Oklahoma and playing at Texas A&M. Those were two games I was like 98% sure I was going to hit on. And I didn't hit on either of them. The Oklahoma one I get, and I, I considered this, guys. You know, I told you when I when I explained all my picks last week on that episode, I told you that it was down to LSU and Alabama for me. I thought we were going to play one of those two teams. I felt like it was going to be LSU. I leaned that way because I was looking at the 12-year cross-divisional rotation that we began back in 2014. There were two years left on that. You got the 2024 
and 2025 games that we had not played yet. Those are the games that we had not gotten to, obviously. And I felt like the SEC, at least one of my assumptions was, and, I, and I, didn't, I wasn't basing this on what anyone had told me or what I had heard. It was just an assumption I made because the SEC has said many, many times, numerous times in the past couple of years in all these discussions and debates about eight-game versus nine-game conference schedule, one of the things that's guiding their discussions and, and one of their goals is to make sure that all these different teams are coming through all the different canvases more commonly than they used to. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if that's the case, if that's one of the goals of the SEC when it comes to their scheduling process, then it just makes sense that these last two games on the the 12-year rotation, 2024 and 2025 games that haven't been played yet, they're going to try their best to honor those games. And I felt that way because those teams that were the last two teams on each team's 12-year rotation, those are teams they hadn't played in a long time, whether it was on the road at at one school or having another school come to your place. Like for us, for instance, we were supposed to go to A&M in 2024 and we were supposed to host LSU in 2025. I felt like the SEC would honor those because we still have not gone to Texas A&M since they've come to the conference in 2012. Still not gone to College Station. And with LSU, they have not played in Athens since 2013. I'm going to go back and remind you guys of what I said last week. The quarterbacks of that game were Aaron Murray for Georgia and Zach Mettenberger for LSU. That's how long it's been since the Tigers have played between the hedges. So it just made too much sense for me for the SEC to have LSU come to Athens when it's been so long, when one of their goals with all the scheduling was to make sure all these key, all these teams go through these different campuses on a more regular basis. It just made sense to me. It didn't work out that way. Clearly what the SEC did here is they just hit the reset button when it came to scheduling. They did not consider the 12-year rotation. They didn't really consider past scheduling whatsoever. It was a complete and utter reset. It's pretty clear their primary goal here was to make sure that every team either played Texas or Oklahoma. And I didn't count on that necessarily being one of the things that was guiding them when I was doing my predictions. I probably should have. I probably missed that. Someone probably said that somewhere and I shouldn't see it. I figured they would try to get some premier matchups with Texas and Oklahoma. I didn't know they were going to try to get necessarily every team that way. Um, so yeah, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, but look, I thought it was going to be Alabama or LSU. Just thought it would be LSU. I'm not, it's like I said last week, I wouldn't be stunned if it was Alabama. I would just lean LSU. And uh, so yeah, I, I was mildly surprised it was Alabama. Just wasn't completely stunned. But the other one that surprised me was having Texas instead of Oklahoma. I thought we would go to Oklahoma but I did not think we were going to go to Texas. And I felt like we were going to go to Oklahoma, really, because we were supposed to play there this year. And it wasn't just that we were supposed to play there this year. It was the fact that the SEC forced us to cancel that game. And I felt like the SEC was going to use this 2024 schedule as kind of like, a, hey, we owe you guys. We'll make it up to you. But it didn't work out that way. And the reason it did not work out that way is because Alabama has played Texas each of the past two years. I did consider that. When I was doing my predictions, I was aware of that. And that's why with my pred- predicted Alabama schedule, I did not have them playing Texas. I had them hosting Oklahoma. But it's pretty clear the SEC did not want Oklahoma to have Georgia and Alabama on their schedule. Because in the 10-year win percentage metric, Alabama's number one, Georgia's number two in the SEC over the past 10 years. And that includes Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma's number three. And it just looks like they didn't want to give Oklahoma both Alabama and Georgia. And if that's the case, since Alabama played Texas each of the last two years, that means they were, were not going to get Texas. They're going to get Oklahoma. We got to get one of them, right? Because they wanted every team to have either Oklahoma or Texas. So that meant that we got Texas. I think that's what happened there. And that's fine. I, I Actually, again, I'm cool with that. I'd much rather go to Austin next year than Norman. So yeah, sign me up. That's one of those things that I'm actually happy that I got wrong. But that did surprise me a little bit. Also surprised me somewhat, really not that much, surprised me somewhat that we had Mississippi State on our schedule since we just played them last year. Again, I was I was thinking, I was assuming the SEC was going to consider who these team who each team had played recently from the from the the other division and kind of like stay away from having those teams play each other because they just recently played and had them play some teams they haven't played in a while. Just kind of made sense to me. But once again, it's clear the SEC was not thinking along those lines. They hit the reset button. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. doesn't matter whatsoever. They just wanted to start all over again with these two new teams and just uh, kick off this new rotation. That's exactly what they are doing. They've made it clear, like 2024, even though it's a temporary A-game schedule, this is starting the process 
of each team playing every other team in the conference twice in a four-year span. But anyway, I, I knew I would miss some of the games that I predicted. I just didn't think it was going to be Oklahoma and A&M. I thought for sure we were going to play those teams. I thought I might get like Kentucky wrong or maybe Tennessee wrong, or maybe South Carolina wrong, which I did. But I, I thought we were going to play them. I thought we were going to go to Norman. I thought we were going to go to A&M. But uh, I was wrong there. All right, guys, let's move along here. Now, one of the things I really do want to touch on and kind of reacting to this schedule release is how difficult our schedule is. I know the general consensus out there, at least on social media, on message boards, or really with people that I've talked to here around town in Athens, my dad is still right now blowing up my phone. He is freaking out over the schedule. He's convinced that we have no chance, no playoffs. It's all over. We got screwed. He's all up in arms about it. So I know a lot of people are kind of of that opinion. The idea is that the SEC kind of hammered us here, and they're trying to make up for the week 2023 schedule by really just killing us with our 24 schedule. I don't see it that way. I really don't. Like, I think when you look at our schedule, I don't feel like it's that daunting. And I, I know that Alabama is on the schedule. And I know that that game is going to be played in Tuscaloosa. I know that we are playing at Texas. And Texas is certainly like they're on a, on a trajectory to be a really good team over the next couple of years. I know those are tough games. But I feel like the presence of those two games on the schedule at Bama, at Texas, I feel like that skewing how people are perceiving the totality of our schedules. If you really look at the schedule, guys, yeah, at Bama, at Texas, tough games. But then you get Mississippi State at home, you go to Ole Miss, you go to Kentucky. Like, we're not going to lose those games. Tennessee's uh, uh, certainly kind of like Texas. They're on the come up, but we get that game at home. I feel good about that game. Auburn, uh, you know, they, they're up and down, you know, over the past 10 years or so. But right now, they're they're kind of working themselves back up. I know that'll be year two of Hugh Freeze, but I don't think they're going to have near enough talent to come into Athens and beat us next year. So I feel like that should definitely be a win. Florida, we, we knew we were going to play them. That should be a win. So it's really two games. Like, I look at two games. I see at Bama, at Texas. I know Tennessee's a good team. That certainly won't be a cakewalk. But I'm, I'm comforted by the fact that game is in Athens. But just because you have at Bama and at Texas, yeah, they're tough. Does that mean the entire schedule is just loaded? Does that mean the SEC completely screwed us and they were trying to hammer us and get back at us for the 2023 schedule? And the idea of the SEC was in, was vindictive towards us after the, after the schedule that, oh yeah, by the way, they gave us for 2023. I thought that, I just think that's kind of ludicrous. I, I don't buy that whatsoever. And guys, the numbers kind of back me up in thinking that this 2024 Georgia schedule really isn't that crazy difficult. So the SEC, as I told you guys last week, they used this 10-year win percentage metric to try to balance out the schedules the best they could. Now, did they completely balance out? Of course not. It's a very difficult process. Trust me, take it from somebody who spent 10, 12 hours or so just staring at screens trying to figure out how to put schedule together for all 16 teams, how to move all those pieces around. It's a lot of moving parts, very difficult. It drives you insane. It almost killed me. I got it done, did it for you guys. But, you know, it's a difficult process. So it's not going to be completely balanced, but they're, they use that win, that win percentage metric. And based on that win percentage metric, I went and I calculated every team's schedule. So I assigned a ranking to every team based on where they fell in that 10-year win percentage metric. So Bama's number one, we were number two, Oklahoma's three, LSU four, Auburn five, AM six, Florida seven, Mississippi State eight, Missouri nine, Texas ten, Ole Miss eleven, Tennessee twelve, thirteen, it was Kentucky, South Carolina was fourteen, Arkansas fifteen, Vanderbilt, as you might imagine, was sixteenth. So I assigned those values and added them up for every single team. And I wanted to see, okay, who had the most and the least difficult schedule based on that win percentage metric. And I, and I ranked them, guys, 1 through 16 based on that win percentage metric. And based on that ranking, we have the ninth most difficult schedule, the ninth most difficult conference schedule in the SEC in 2024. Now, that doesn't take into consideration where the games are play. Like, obviously, playing the, the Bama game in Tuscaloosa, playing Texas in Austin, that certainly enhances the difficulty of those two games. But if you're basing it just purely on the win percentage of each of our opponents over the last 10 years, it comes out to ninth in the SEC in terms of where our schedule falls. So it's certainly not an easy schedule. It's certainly more difficult than our 2023 schedule. It's a, it's a different animal. But I also don't think it's, it's out of this world challenging. And I know like the fact that Clemson is also on the schedule as a non-conference game with the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic, I know that certainly adds to the difficulty level. 
But the SEC is not responsible for that game. That game is on us. So if you're sitting here saying, God, the SEC killed us, and you include Clemson in that conversation, um, you lose me there. The SEC is not responsible for that non-conference game. That is something that we did. The SEC is not going to look at our our non-conference games that we schedule and say, oh, wow, you guys really challenged yourself by playing Clemson. We're going to give you a break with your conference schedule then. That is not how this works. They just try to balance it out out as much as as they can when it comes to your conference schedule. Whatever you do in the non-con, that is up to you. That's on you. We did that to ourselves. So, yeah, Clemson on the schedule does make the schedule more difficult, but that's not on the SEC. That has nothing to do with the SEC schedule. When you look at purely the SEC schedule, yeah, it's it's challenging, but I don't think it's an overwhelmingly challenging schedule. Now, Alabama, on the other hand, they got absolutely murdered by the SEC. Good Lord, let's look at this. At LSU, at Oklahoma, at Tennessee, you got Georgia at home, Dear God, I mean, okay, so again, go back to the win total metrics, right? Bama number one, Georgia two, Oklahoma three, LSU four, Auburn five. Well, out of the top five, Alabama got their number one. They got the other four teams in the top five of the 10-year win total metric. That's not how you balance the schedule out. Now, yeah, they gave them Vanderbilt to try to balance things out. And they gave them South Carolina. So South Carolina was 14th. Vanderbilt was 16th in the win total metric. But when you've got... Numbers two, three, four, and five on your schedule. And you got Tennessee too. And, they, and here's the thing about Tennessee. This is why like using the win total metrics an imperfect science when you're trying to balance out the schedules. Because according to the win total metric, Tennessee is the 12th best team in the SEC over the last 10 years. But let's be real, guys. I know we don't like Tennessee. We don't want to give any credit here. But Tennessee is not the 12th best team in the league right now. Come on. Come on. That's a, that's a top five team in the SEC right now. Like right now. And they will be a top five team in the SEC in 2024. But that's not how the SEC looked at it when they were trying to balance these schedules out. They really relied on, at least according to the SEC officials, they relied on that on that win percentage metric. And according to that metric, Tennessee's 12. So according to that, it's like, oh yeah, we balanced the schedule out for Alabama. And it's like, mm, but did you? Did you really? But even if you count Tennessee as the 12th best team in the league, which again, they're not, that still gives Alabama, statistically based on that win total metric, by far the most difficult schedule in the entire SEC. And, oh yeah, they also have to go play at Wisconsin, which I am so, so jealous of. I am so jealous of that game. Oh, cool, we get to play Clemson. Yeah, yeah, I know Clemson's a, it's a premier program, cool, whatever. At a neutral site in Atlanta, like, kill me. I have wanted to go see Georgia play in Madison, Wisconsin, literally since I've been watching college football. That's a dream of mine. It's literally a dream of mine, and Alabama gets to go do that. So, yeah, cool. But anyway, back to my point. I don't think the SEC hammered us. I think they hammered Alabama. I don't know if they did. I don't think they did it intentionally. Like on one level, it kind of makes sense. Okay, well, maybe they meant by competitive balance, the better teams are going to get more difficult schedules. Kind of like the NFL does, right? Like if, if you have a really good year, they try to make your schedule a little bit more difficult the next year, right? Kind of just makes sense that way. So maybe they went about it that way when it came to Alabama, but it's odd because they didn't do that for every team that ranks highly in the 10 year win percentage metric. Like again, Georgia, we're second in the 10 year win percentage metric, and we have the ninth most difficult schedule. LSU is fourth in the 10-year win percentage metric. They have the 15th most difficult schedule according to that win percentage metric. You look at poor South Carolina and Arkansas, Carolina is 14th and Arkansas is 15th in the win percentage metric. They have they are tied for third with the most difficult schedule in the SEC for 2024. So I don't know, it, it didn't really work out like, the, like a, as a fully balanced schedule that way. But again, it's a very difficult process. I don't envy anyone who has to do that because, man, it, it's like watching paint dry. and It gives you a headache. It's almost nauseating. It's 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 a terrible process. It was, it was fun while I did it for a little while, and then it got like, oh, my God. I got to like these last few slots I need to fill. It's like, well, if I move this team here, I got to move that team there, and it destroys everything. And so it's just a, it's a whole thing. I know they had more than just one person like me doing it, so it was an easier process for them. But there's still a lot of moving parts, and it's still difficult. But, yeah, I don't think our schedule is as crazy as I think some people thought upon initial glance when they first heard about it this morning. All right, guys, the last thing that I want to run through here today before I get out of here, I get to bed. I told you I've been tired all week, didn't get much sleep early in the week, and it's kind of wearing me down as the week goes on. But I want to finish this out for you guys. There's a couple of takeaways from not just our schedule, but other team schedules throughout the conference that I want to kind of run through here real quick, looking through them. I already mentioned Alabama. I think they just got shot in the face by the SEC. Like, dear God, that's a, that is a brutal schedule. Here's another one that I think... 
is actually more difficult than the metrics tell you. So according to the metrics, Kentucky has the easiest schedule out of the out of all 16 SEC teams. But when I look at Kentucky's schedule, I'm like, okay, all right, you got South Carolina, Auburn, Georgia, Vanderbilt at home, Ole Miss, Florida, Tennessee, Texas on the road. But you got to think about what Kentucky's had over the past, what, 10, 15 years. So I guess since Missouri joined the conference, being in the SEC East means they've had Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt every year, and their cross-divisional rival was Mississippi State. So every single year since 2012, Kentucky has had those four games, which honestly are four games they pretty much should win every year. Mississippi State, South Carolina, I know South Carolina up and down, Kentucky's own South Carolina, but then Vanderbilt and Missouri. Those are four teams that if you're, if you're looking for you know four winnable games the SEC over the past 12 years, th- that's about as good as you're going to find, right? So moving away from divisions has hurt Kentucky because they only got to keep two of those games. They kept South Carolina and they kept Vanderbilt, but no Mississippi State and no Missouri. And who do those teams get replaced with? They got replaced with a game at Texas and a game against Auburn at home. And don't get me wrong, Kentucky's schedule I still think is is easy relative to some of the other schedules, like Alabama's schedule, like South Carolina, Arkansas' schedule. But I I mean, obviously it was going to be more difficult when you add Texas and Oklahoma. But even beyond that, I think losing Mississippi State and losing Missouri makes it a little bit more difficult for Kentucky. I mean, they could have kind of just count on getting like four and four in the league over the past couple of years, like at a minimum. I don't know if that's going to be the case next year and really at all moving forward. So we'll see how that affects Kentucky. I also think South Carolina has a very difficult schedule. And according to the metrics, they have the third most difficult schedule. They're tied for third with Auburn and Arkansas. I'm looking at South Carolina. It's just like, dang, man, that's pretty tough. They don't, they don't get us, which certainly helps. But they have to go to Alabama and to Oklahoma. That's teams number one and number three in the 10-year win metric. LSU is team number four. You get them at home. A&M is team number six. They also get them at home. And then like Missouri, who you think, oh, that, that's kind of a gimme game. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think Missouri is kind of starting to move in the right direction under Drinkwitz. If you look at the 10-year win metric, they're not great, but they're not terrible either. They're right there at number nine, better than South Carolina. Ole Miss, again, not great, but better than South Carolina at number 11. They get Vanderbilt. So that helps, but I mean, does, does that have to really balance out the fact that you have to go to Alabama, to Oklahoma, you get A&M, LSU at home? That's, to me, that's four losses right off the bat for South Carolina, and they can easily lose to Ole Miss or Missouri at home or even potentially Kentucky on the road. Kentucky's pretty much owned them. I know they beat Kentucky last year in Lexington, but over the past six, seven, eight years, Kentucky's kind of owned that. So I think South Carolina got a really tough draw as well. Now, Texas, on the other hand, they got, you can't call it a cakewalk because it's an SEC schedule and you got the two-time defending national champion on your schedule. Maybe the three-time defending national champion by the time we walk in there. But by the standards of the other schedules, like relative to what we see with some of these other teams, I think Texas got it really easy, man. I mean, at home, they got Mississippi State, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky. Yeah, you got to play Georgia, but you get Georgia at home. And then you got Oklahoma at a neutral site. They always play that game. And you got AM, Arkansas, Vandy on the road. Arkansas and Vandy are the two worst teams in the win percentage metric over the last 10 years. AM, good team, solid team, at least a talented team. Weren't great last year, but talented team. And they're going to be good again, I think. That's going to be a tough game going there to AM. The first time that rivalry has been played since, what, 2011, I guess, was the last time they played it. But I mean, Florida is not what Florida has been in the past right now. I think. We'll get to Florida here in a second. Uh, Kentucky is a good, solid team. But you get them at home. Texas should win that game. Mississippi State at home. I think Texas might be the easiest sketch. I mean, I know technically it's Kentucky. And LSU is, come, comes at number 15 when you do all the rankings, when you, when you add up all the, the win percentage numbers. But, man, I look at it just on the surface. and Because, again, you have to take into account where are these teams right now. I don't care always necessarily what the 10-year win metric says. Like, how good are these teams right now? Where do they sit right now going into 2024? And when you take that in consideration, I feel like there's a strong argument to be made that Texas got the easiest schedule out of anybody in the league. I mean, it's certainly in that conversation. And that's uh, it's kind of annoying considering they're a newcomer and they kind of get this uh, very nice welcome, this red carpet kind of rolled out for them. That kind of sucks. But, you know, it'll all even out. Again, when we're 
now in a situation where we have no divisions and everybody's going to play everybody twice in a four-year span, it'll all even out over time. So I'm, that's why I'm not getting like freaked out about like, oh my God, our schedule's really hard this year or it's not that hard this year. Like it all evens out over time. So I, I don't care all that much, but you know, does like Texas to get a kind of an easy way out here. Now, Florida, let's go to Florida here. Okay. Florida's going to suck this year. I've made that very clear. I don't think they're even going to get the five wins. I mean, they might get the five wins. That might be the ceiling for them. I don't think there's any way in hell they get to six wins. So Billy Napier, if he survives this year, is going to go into 2024 on a very, very hot seat if what I think is going to happen actually ends up transpiring. And then let's look at this schedule going into 2024. You get LSU at home, AM at home, Ole Miss at home, Kentucky at home. You get Georgia in Jacksonville. That counts as one of their road games. So they, they get lucky there. So they only have three true SEC road games. But those road games are at Tennessee, at Texas, in Mississippi State, like, okay, yeah, they're going to win at Mississippi State, but I don't think they go into Tennessee and win. I don't think they go into Texas and win. I don't think they beat LSU at home. If if where both those programs are right now, if that trend continues for another year, I don't see any reason why it would not. I think LSU's on the rise. I think Florida's still kind of declining. A&M is, again, as I keep saying, I know they weren't good last year. That team is more, significantly more talented right now than Florida is. Oh, and by the way, here's just another source of annoyance for me. When Florida A&M play next year, that's going to be the fifth time those two teams have played since A&M joined the conference in 2012, and we've only played them once. We've only played them one time. That's crazy to me. And again, that's one of the big reasons why I just felt it was obvious that A&M was going to be on our schedule and we would probably go to A&M. I was wrong. Clearly, I was wrong. But that one's that's still one that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Again, I know we'll probably play them in 2025. We will play them in 2025. But I don't know, man. It just made too much sense to have that game in the first year of this new rotation. So I don't quite get that one, but whatever. But go back to Florida. Man, if Billy Napier enters next year on a hot seat, if he still survives, he's still around, I, there's no way he survives. There's no way he survives year three because they're going to lose to Texas. They're going to lose to Tennessee on the road. They're going to lose to us. That's three right there. I don't think they beat LSU. That's four. I don't think they beat A&M. That's five. Right off the bat, that's like, I mean, to me, three and five at best. Maybe you could argue and say, okay, maybe they get one of LSU or A&M at home. Okay, even if we give you that, we're saying four and four at best, but they could also easily lose to Kentucky. They could easily lose to Ole Miss. They lost to Kentucky last year at home. With, a, with the number four draft pick in the NFL draft. They can easily lose to them next year, even if it's in the swamp. They can lose to Ole Miss in the swamp. Of course they could. I mean, I don't think they can lose to Mississippi State. I think that's one they'll probably win, but it's on the road. I don't know, man. And depending on when that game's played, it's kind of like the Den Mullen thing. Remember when things spiraled out of control for him in his final year after they lost to us in Jacksonville? They lost some games to teams they had no business losing to. They were significantly more talented then. Like, what if that happens to Florida again? Like, what if that happens to Billy Napier? And they have Mississippi State, like, after Jacksonville. Like, we beat the hell out of them in Jacksonville. They go to Mississippi State, and they just sleepwalk through that game, and they get beat. Boom, you're gone. You're fired. I don't know, man. I just, I really don't know, man. I think it's going to take a miracle for Billy Napier to make it out of year three of Florida. I really do. And they also have Miami, UCF, and Florida State in the non-conference next year, guys. They get Miami and UCF at home, but man, I got to say, I feel like they very easily and probably will lose at least two of those three games. That might be, if you add in the non-conference games, three Power 5 non-conference games, because UCF now is in the Big 12, it's Power 5, right? If you add in those three P5 non-conference games along with their SEC schedule, their SEC schedule alone is the most difficult in the league next year, but in conjunction with that non-con schedule... This very easily could be the most difficult schedule in the history of college football. And I don't say that to be hyperbolic, guys. I really mean that. If you look at this, so you've got Miami and UCF at home in the non-con. You're at Florida State. You've got LSU, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and A&M at home. And then you're at Tennessee. You're at Texas, at Mississippi State. Man, 11 of 12 Power 5 games at this point. It very easily could be, and it certainly is in the conversation for most difficult schedule of all time. Billy Napier, dude, you better do some work this year, man, because if you go into next year on the hot seat, you got zero chance to make it out alive. Zero chance. I think Auburn's another one that got it pretty tough. I mean, when you have Georgia and Alabama, that's always going to suck, especially when you have Georgia and Alabama both on the road. And that's another takeaway of mine. I was wondering 
if the SEC would try to rectify that for Auburn, I say rectify very loosely. I don't care what they do, but Auburn, we know, has been screaming bloody murder about this. Having to play both Georgia and Alabama on the road in the same season, dating back to when they changed that, when AM and Missouri entered the league back in 2012, they've been screaming about that because every other year they got to play Georgia and Alabama on the road. And traditionally, those games are both at the end of the season. That made for a really tough stretch run for, for Auburn. So the SEC, they couldn't require us to play at Auburn two times row again, which they did the first time around to get to make it that way. And of course, Auburn balked at the idea of playing in Athens two years in a row, which would have solved the problem for them. They didn't want to do that. So the SEC tried to accommodate them and we were willing to go along with it. And they moved the Georgia Auburn series from a traditional spot in late November up to up to October, early October, they flipped the the Auburn and Tennessee series for us, which I thought was BS, and I wish we hadn't gone along with that. But Kirby knows he whatever he just wants to play football games and win football games. He doesn't care about all the details, right? As fans, we can care about that stuff. I care about that stuff. It annoys me. So I was thinking maybe maybe the SEC would take the opportunity here to try to reset that. But again, that would require Auburn playing at Georgia two years in a row because they played in Athens last year. They had to play in Athens again this year as they're scheduled to play Alabama at home this year. Or it would have been the, meant that they had to play Alabama at, in Tuscaloosa. It would have been one of the two. They would either have to play in Athens two years in a row or in Tuscaloosa two years in a row. And of course, Auburn doesn't want to do either one of those. So I was just curious to see what the SEC would do there. But they didn't do anything. They stuck with it. So Auburn every other year is going to continue to play Georgia and Alabama both on the road in the same season. Now, I'm sure, of course, if you're trying to predict when these games are going to be played, they'll try to separate them like they have the past couple years and have us play Auburn in early October, late September, and have the Iron Bowl, obviously, to end this season. So that's just one to look at there. But Auburn's schedule, I do think looking at it, um, that's pretty tough, man. You got Georgia, Alabama, the two top, the top two teams in the ten-year win total metric. You got Oklahoma, so the top three teams in the ten-year win total metric. Now they do get Vanderbilt and Arkansas to kind of level things out, but you also have Texas A&M. You host. Uh, you go to Kentucky. Kentucky's a pretty good football program. So I don't think Auburn's schedule is as difficult as Alabama's. But when you have the top three teams in the ten-year win total metric on your schedule, and two of those three games are on the road. It's pretty tough, man, especially when, when you're Auburn right now in the position that they are in as a program, still trying to rebuild from the Brian Harson years. But uh, all right, guys, I am very quickly fading here. I'm starting to lose my concentration. I don't want some ridiculous junk to come out of my mouth like it did on Monday when I told you guys that we flipped a five-time NBA All-Star <laughs> onto our 2024 commitment list. So I'm going to get out of here and get to bed. But uh, I just want to get on here and give you guys those instant reactions. I would love to hear how you guys feel about it. So let me know. Hit us up on, on social media. Hit us up on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. You can find us on Instagram. It's just Glory UGA Podcast. Uh, you can also email us, and that address is Podcast at gmail.com. One more thing, guys. I want to put this out there. I'm going to do this at the outset of the show, but I'm an idiot and I forgot. Uh, I've had quite a few requests from listeners out there over the past couple of months for me to do like some video content for you guys like on TikTok and put it on Instagram. I've you I obviously have not, don't really usually do that. I've done a couple Instagram lives, but um I I don't I don't know if that is that something you're interested in? Is that something you want me to do? I I always feel weird kind of doing that stuff. I don't ever really feel like anyone has like this deep desire to like stare at this weird looking bald dude talking about college football when you can do it on a podcast, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, but if enough of you really, really want me to do that and that's something you're into, then I'm, I'm happy to, to start doing that kind of stuff. I just, I don't know. It's just, I always feel kind of weird doing it, but Hey, if the people want it, then they'll get it. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to give you guys the, the best Georgia content you can find. And, uh, if that's the kind of stuff you guys want, then uh, we'll, we'll try to figure out a way to make that happen. Just let me know. Hit us up and uh, just let us know, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, anyway, guys, have a great weekend. I'm pumped for this schedule. I hope you're pumped for this schedule, but let me know how you feel. Have an awesome weekend. I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs.